Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we're talking about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And I've got my incredible bride, Martha Brangenberg, joining me by my side as we talk about this, because this is something we use all the time, isn't it, Martha? Yes, it is. You know, the a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. That's what Proverbs 17, 17 says. Why, why is it that we have such a hard time with our brothers? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I think there's so much personal in there. I love my brother, mm-hmm. but you know, there's definitely been conflict. I think I drove him crazy till he went away to college. That's for sure. All right, so let's talk about these the the five languages of appreciation. But first, I just want to let's just talk about what's what's Christ doing in your life today. How's Christ making an impact in your life today? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing is is that He's just reminding me every day that. I shouldn't be the one trying to be in charge of my life, that I need to surrender it to him every day and allow him to lead me and guide me and look for his direction in his word and through others around me that I surround myself with. You know, I think the thing that I'm reminded of every day as I pray that I can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me, that I'll listen to what he has to say and that I'll be obedient is just that ability to be quiet, that I really have to work on being quiet, Mm. uh, which is something that I struggle with, just being quiet, (laughs) just shutting up and listening to the Holy Spirit. All right. So we're studying the languages of appreciation uh, in the workplace. and, And here's why we're doing it. We're doing it because people that work for us, they need to know that we love them. They need to know that they're doing the right job and they need to know 
that we know how to communicate that love to them. And when you say us, you mean everybody that's listening, not just us personally, but we all as managers need to learn how to connect with our employees. Well, I might have just meant us, oh, okay. but now I meant everybody. <laughs> but yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, that's really the, the whole key is that we all have the opportunity to minister to our coworkers and employees. Mm-hmm. And the five languages of appreciation is real is a real key deal. Now, so... And really, that's just people going, I've never heard of this. Five languages of appreciation. How about, have you ever heard of the five love Love languages? languages By Gary Chapman. That's right. Gary Chapman has taken the five love languages and he's written 72 books on how to apply that to every part of your life. Not really. There aren't 72. But there's like 12, isn't there? There's quite a few. Okay. And so he just said, well, let me twist this a little bit in a positive way and apply it to the workplace. And the only thing really changed about it was, first of all, how you apply in the workplace. But, you know, physical touch is a one of the five love languages in the workplace. It needs to be appropriate physical touch, like a handshake, a pat on the back, hugging, kissing, you know, those kinds of things. Not real appropriate in the workplace unless you work with your spouse. Right. And even then might be questionable. So the key was he took the word love out as well and made it appreciation because it's not about learn, you know, in the workplace, again, not appropriate necessarily to tell people this. I'm learning how to love you. (laughs) One of the most powerful things I think that, you know, when we first got exposed to the five love languages, you know, it was a, it was a real eye opener Mm -hmm. only because, you know, your love languages are words of affirmation. Your your number one and two are love languages uh, of your love languages are words of affirmation and um, acts of service. Yes. Well, and we didn't really find out about this. We didn't really study this. And I don't know, is it eight or nine years ago? Maybe. Not much more than that, if it was. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. So we were teaching a connection group at our church, and we were studying this, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is pretty amazing. And, and I was always wondering why we have such an incredible marriage. Well, my wife was feeling loved by half of what I did because I grew up doing acts of service for my parents. It just came natural to me. And so I never, I never really had to think about that. That just came natural. I love doing stuff for people. Yes, I was very spoiled by that. But I was blowing it all the time on the words of affirmation. That was not something because I I was sarcastic. I always think I was being funny. But you have a desperate need to be affirmed. Mm -hmm. And I was missing that whole deal. I mean, I I was missing out on that opportunity. But the really cool thing is, is I didn't know it. So you were filling my love tank with the other things. So I did not feel like I was deprived in our marriage, which is one of the things that we really uncover when you're when you're looking at the love languages is if somebody's really feeling unloved, then this is a way to resolve that problem. And we can work that in the workplace by learning about the languages of appreciation with our coworkers. You know, what I think is really cool about the love languages, when you start to apply them in a workplace, you see people really light up. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, because when people know that they're loved and they're cared for and they're appreciated, you get 180% out of them. All right, today, Martha, we're talking about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace and how those apply and what those things do. Now, you've had a time where you ministered to over 15, you have 15 or 16 employees at one time. And so how did you use this in your workplace? How did this apply? Well, at different times um, when I've been managing people, I have had them take the test. There's a very simple test that can be taken, really quiz, whatever. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, I don't want anybody to be scared by that. But then, um, number one, what you were saying earlier is people really love learning about themselves. So one of the best things I learned about implementing this in the workplace is the fact that people then know this is something I knew about myself that 
resonates. It makes sense. So then I've taken that in different um, places and different with different employees and tried to key in on those things that are really important to them. So say their word um, of affirmation, their language of appreciation is quality time. Then I make sure that I'm spending some time with them side by side working, not just staying in my office so that we get to interact and they feel that I'm a part of it. You know, one of the things that I've seen so many times is that managers miss that their employees need to know that they love them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a new it's like a new concept for some reason that people people that work for you, they need to know that you really care. And when they know that you care, it revolutionizes how they approach life. I mean, how they approach life at work. I mean, it really changes what they do and how they do it. Sure. They can come into work more eager to start their day, knowing that their boss cares that they're even there. And ultimately, the reason that we do this show is to try to encourage people to be Christ in that workplace. So when that same employee is struggling with something, they also know that they can come to you because they've seen that you care. And this is how they've they've seen that is through you speaking their language of, of appreciation. I, I love the way you say that. And, and, and this is something that just step back and listen, whether you're an employee listening today, or whether you're a supervisor, a manager or a business owner, you will get a significantly better rate of return mm-hmm. on the investment you make in your employees if they know that you care. And if they if they know that you appreciate what they do, if they just go to work, they never hear from their boss, they have no idea uh, whether they're loved or not, it, it creates a bitterness factor in them. They just think like, well, I'm just another cog in the wheel. Nobody cares. Yeah, and that is not the place we want to be because we don't want people coming to work to be a drudgery and to be something that they um, you know, just don't look forward to every day, but rather to use the skills and gifts that God's given them in an environment where they know that it's being appreciated. And that's the bottom line. Can you identify any specific in your in your uh, workplace where you had 17 employees? Uh, what was the what was the biggest thing that you saw as, as a return, a positive return by living, by appreciating your people based on their love languages? I really think it creates a sense of loyalty. It really does. I think that they just, um, and that they may not even realize it or be able to articulate that themselves, but I really feel like a genuine connection is made when you're showing your employees how much they really care. You know, one of the things that I have seen is that, you know, I've never applied this in a workplace that was my own because we we learned about it right as I was finishing up with that big project over in Orlando. And uh, so I never got to apply it, but I've been teaching business owners for the last six years on how Mm -hmm. to apply it in the workplace. And, And I've seen it. First of all, it opens up their eyes. I mean, to have everybody on the staff take a love languages test. That's what they were before until they came out with the languages of appreciation test. And for everybody to take the test and then. All of a sudden, they're all going, well, that explains why this interaction mm-hmm. is conflict with this interaction. That ex- I mean, everybody learns everybody's love language, and you publish it, and all of a sudden, it, cha- it just starts to shift the paradigm in the workplace. I mean, it really makes a big difference. Huge difference. People are probably by this point in time wondering, well, what are these five languages of appreciation in the workplace? So I, I think it's important that we... We're going to list them out. We're going to talk a little bit more, and then we're going to dig deep into each one of these. All right, so the five languages of appreciation are words of affirmation, which is telling people nice things about themselves and what they're true, doing. Nice true, things. true. Oh, so you're not supposed to make them up? <laughs> don't just make them up. Don't so if they say, don't... does this dress make me look nice? And if it doesn't, say, I'm um, sorry. I, I'm sorry, I got a call. I hear my phone ringing. Across the... Okay, I, words are true attention. words of affirmation. Yes. And then tangible gifts. Uh, and I'm not sure why it says tangible. I, I, 
I suppose there's intangible gifts. I don't know what those would be, but they call it. They call it t- maybe tangible time off. Gifts. Maybe time off doesn't count or something like that. That's All not right. time off would be good for me. I, I like to give okay. the rest of the day off oh, after thanks. the show today. Okay, thank you. All right, so t- gifts uh, are, are one of those things, and I will tell you, based on Martha's and I experience in the last decade of using this tool, gifts is one of the most rare ones. Uh, rare of the gifts. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Rare of the. Love language, I don't know, I'm a hard time saying this. Rare love language, rare appreciation. When we give tests to couples, Martha and I do marriage mentoring, and we've mentored almost 60 couples, that one is usually not at the top. Which is so crazy because in our world, everybody thinks it's all about giving somebody something. So what really this has taught us, and I want to get on a big tangent here, though, is that it's not always about something just costing you money. It's about investing in that person, not not in a financial way, but in time and some of the other things that we're going to talk about. All right, and going back to words of affirmation, I think it's important that our listeners know, hey, you're listening today, and we're so appreciative that you've tuned in to hear I Work For Him, but that was really nice. That wasn't what I was doing for. I was going to say, but if you really want to help Martha and I out, since words of affirmation are both one of our love languages, email us, jim at iworkforhim.com. Martha at iworkforhim.com, and the four is the number four, iwork4him.com. Send us an email. Tell us that you're listening to the show. Tell us that you like what you're hearing. It'd be very, very nice. We save everything that people say that's nice. If you don't say something nice, we probably won't save it. But, you know, okay, it's words of affirmation. Okay, so words of affirmation, gifts, quality time. Now, quality time is my number one love language. Yes, and this so was revo- well this was revolutionary for me to learn about that because it changed our marriage. It really did. Well, I hope it did. I hope that my implementing some of the th- the things that I've learned it has gone changed. noted. Okay, good. I'm so glad to hear that. But quality time is all about spending that time one-on-one. And um one of the things I learned is that that may mean just standing by you while you're doing something to the, under the hood of the car. Which and, drives you crazy. Which absolutely standing drives still me drives crazy. Martha crazy. I'm a very much a task-oriented person, but just being near you, um, sitting on the couch while we're watching a movie instead of ironing or doing the dishes or even baking cookies. I can, I can bake cookies first, and then I better come sit by you on the couch. Shoulder to shoulder, actually. If you've um, seen a picture of me, <laughs> if you've looked on our Facebook page, Martha's posted some stuff on the I Work For Him Facebook page. On our anniversary, which was our 29th anniversary, Martha posted some pictures from our our, uh, rehearsal dinner evening. Yes. And you can see a picture of me then. And on Facebook, on our I Work For Him page, you also many times see pictures of me now. It's because Martha bakes not just cookies, but brownies and cake and cupcakes. And I like that stuff. So I am now 80 pounds heavier than I was when we got married. And she hasn't, she could still put her wedding dress on and it would be loose. So, okay. Somehow that I have to interpret that as words of affirmation because you like my baking, right? I love so. your baking and I think you are a hot rocking babe. Okay. Oh, you're so sweet. All right. But I know you hate so, it when I say that on the air, but okay. okay. So quality time, uh, you were explaining quality time. Well, just learning that it's the, it. you know, people used to say there was a, seri- a point in time where people were like, well, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And that really, with somebody who's a quality time person, it is all about quantity of that time and right. really spending time together, be, setting everything else aside and really paying attention, sitting, 
bike riding, which I know I don't do enough of with you, but things like that that you want that are of interest to you because it shows you that I care and I'm willing to give up other things in order to make that happen. So in the workplace, I see that as, like I said earlier, getting out front and working with the alongside the employee. Okay, so that's quality time. That's my number one love mm-hmm. language. And your number one love language is words of affirmation, but your number two is acts of service. Yes. And acts of service. And this is, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I just got lucky because I don't mind helping with the laundry. I love to wash dishes. I wish the sink was a little taller, but I wish I love to wash uh, dishes. Um, I don't. I love organizing things. I love washing the car. I love to vacuum. I hate to dust. So I don't mind doing projects, and all those things help make life easier at home. I didn't mind changing diapers. It wasn't my favorite thing. We don't. Our kids are long past diapers now. We're waiting for grandchildren diapers. Uh, so we're. Uh, I, the acts of service was something that I just grew up doing because my mom and dad loved them. Uh, when I did acts of service for them, and they, I think they also gave me an allowance based upon those things. And so the more I did, they'd pay me a quarter for this one and a dime for that one, and I would get them all done because I liked to put away money. Which so is, they trained you to do acts of service. They did. So they thank tra- you. All right. And then the last one is physical touch. Mm -hmm. Now, this one in marriages, which, you know, Martha and I have together on Tuesdays when we talk about marriages, you know, it is, you know, I can be hugging, kissing, physical touch. Uh, In the workplace, it's an it's a handshake. It's a pat on the back. It's letting somebody know that you really it's it's letting somebody know you really appreciate them. Maybe it's a hand on their arm, but it's appropriate physical touch. I mean, this is super easy. You know, the five languages of appreciation is a new book out by, it was Gary Chapman, right? Gary Chapman. All right. And they can find that book online or they, yeah, right. They can find that book online. Sure. Fivelovelanguages.com. Isn't that the website? Yes. And they can take the test there as well. Right. There's the test for single males, single females, married males, married females. Those are out there. I don't know if the five languages of appreciation test is out there, but the love languages tests are out there. Yes. And the answers would be the same. It's just a matter of how you apply them in the workplace just because of appropriateness. All right. You can find lots of information on the web about the five languages of appreciation. But I'd recommend if you're a business leader, business owner, supervisor, manager, Mm -hmm. buy the book and read the book. Don't wait for this movie because Hollywood's never going to do that one. Uh, (laughs) It just isn't going to happen. I mean, when you start to minister to them in their languages of appreciation, they actually respond differently, don't they? They do. And I think that's one of the neatest things that why we have been so excited over the years about five love languages and then the language of appreciation in the workplace is the fact that you can very, very quickly see the results of implementing this with people around you because you see them respond. You see them warm up. You see them um, start to just have a little bit more confidence and they re- they just um, react in such a way that you know it's working. You know that it and it's legitimate. It's not just a um, I want to get more out of my employees, so I'm going to do this. It's, <laughs> it really isn't. It's about building. That's a little creepy, but it's... It, 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 but, you it, but you really can see it. It's measurable. You see them respond, and they feel good about being there. Right. It is. It's true. I look at it from a business owner standpoint. If you invest in your people, you will get a return on your investment. And yes. this is a huge way to invest in your people by telling them you appreciate them and, and, and doing it in a way that they understand. That's something maybe we didn't explain. You know, right in the last uh, segment, we talked about what are the five languages mm-hmm. of appreciation, words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, acts of service, and appropriate physical touch. But we didn't talk about why it's important that you communicate these languages of appreciation to people specifically based on what their language is. Well, I think the the Real simply, what happens is if, say, somebody, um, their words of affirmation is their top language of appreciation, and all you do is give them um, tangible gifts all the time, 
yes, that's nice, but it's really not going to speak to them. It's going to make them feel um, still empty, like they're still missing something. So the reason you you show the appreciation in the language that that person is it's important to them is because then it quote unquote fills their tank. It gives them that mo- that feeling that you know I really am appreciated, not just oh yeah, I got another five dollar gift card to a coffee shop. You know they if that's not what's important to them. If your boss stood next to you and said, you know what, <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you how valuable you are, how much your skill in this one particular area means to this organization. That means so much more than that free cup of coffee. If if gifts is not your love language. Well, and if somebody gives me a coffee gift card, even if gifts were my love language, which it's not, although if somebody gives me Mountain Dew and if somebody gives you, uh, you know, M&Ms, we're very, very grateful. Uh, but it is, uh, it, I don't like coffee. That's okay. You can give it to somebody else who gifts. Yeah, but then what kind of a there. gift is that? If you got to give it's, it away, that doesn't, it didn't touch me it's at all. It's re-gifting. All right, but here's, but, but the point <laughs> of what you were saying is that, when we communicate love, which is what we, it's just another way of saying, it. if you said five, yeah, but if you say five love languages in the workplace, people are going, you're freaking me out. Now, would you say five <laughs> languages of appreciation? It's, it's okay. But you know, when you say, when you communicate love to people, which is what you're doing by appreciating, they are feeling loved and accepted and appreciated by what they do. They naturally want to do more of that to get more of that same feeling. Yes. They do. And it, that's the, the given the take of it, you know, that the time that you invest in learning more about your employees so the, or coworkers so that you can treat them appropriately, the more they're going to want to produce in whatever fashion that might be in your organization. And it's just a win win because then they they um, when you do need to call on them for above and beyond they're going to be maybe less likely to um, hesitate about it because they'll be like, well, I know they've done this for me or they they care for me an awful lot and I'm going to reciprocate. Because they can tell. They do, Yeah, there's no doubt in their mind when you are showing them proper appreciation. There's no doubt that they know that they're appreciated. All right, so let's dig into these five languages of appreciation, what they actually look like uh, because they are... Um, Let's just let's give some examples of of how it plays out. Okay, so the first one is words of affirmation. Basically, this means that people receive appreciation through your words. The author, you know, Gary Chapman talks in the book about this, about different dialects and understanding the methods of delivery for words of affirmation. The people want and need to be affirmed through encouraging words, yes. not negative words. Likewise, the opposite is true. If you hammer them with negative words, they'll take it to heart and become demotivated. If somebody's a words of affirmation person and you're constantly telling them what they're doing wrong, and and even if you tell them what they're doing right, but then when you tell them wrong, it's like a 10 to 1 ratio. It's really hard. And I've had employees like that where this has been their number one um, value of appreciation, you know, being able to take words of appreciation, but you still need to correct them. You still need to tell them, hey, this isn't working out quite right. This is the way it should be done. But you can find a way to do that in such a way that um, they receive it better. And a lot of times it's sandwiching. It's sandwiching and saying, you know so what? So the one-minute manager, putting a one-minute manager you to go. work. You know what? You're a great employee, and I really appreciate this Thank about you. you. That is so nice for you to say. But one of these tasks that we've been working on, I need to tell you how to do it differently because it's not been getting done properly. But I know that you're able to take this and implement it because you've shown to me in the past that you can correct, you know, whatever it is that you're working on. I love you, Martha. I'll do my best. (laughs) 
<laughs> did I just speak words of affirmation you did, there? <laughs> you you should have used a real example like, I don't know, something I'm not getting done at home. <laughs> There's not many of those, so no. I appreciate that about you. Oh, thanks. Okay, so words of affirmation in the workplace can sound something like this. Thanks for doing such a good job. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. You're one of my best employees, but only say that if you really mean That's right. it. That's right. You only really mean that it. That could be devastating if All you right. don't mean it. Thank you for consistently showing up on time for work. I don't know. I struggle with that one. I don't know if you should thank people for showing up consistently on time for work because that's what they're getting paid to do. Yeah, so but I you're still with communicating that. that expectation. But seriously, good. if they're not showing up for work on time, well, they're not get well, you have to tune into one of the other episodes on hiring and firing. <laughs> but okay, but you know, it's that one I struggle with, but that's okay. Okay, so thank you for consistently showing up on time for work. And in Florida? Showing up on time does not mean five minutes late because everybody in Florida is okay if you're like five minutes late. Showing up on time for work means you're five minutes early, you get settled, and you're ready to go at at work time. That's what showing up on time for work means. And that's because it's a matter of respect. All right. So, the you know, we we need to praise our employees, but it Mm -hmm. always needs to be true. Yes. That's really important. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can pull out things, strengths, uh, you know, complement their strengths such as optimism, neatness, planning, logic. You know, we, it's just something we really need to focus on. And, and so and when you're communicating words of affirmation to somebody, you can tell if you're communicating words of affirmation and they're being received because they will smile. And if you're communicating negative words of affirmation, that would be, what would you call those? What do you call it when I say it to you? I'm just being, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm emptying your love tank when I say something sarcastic. Stepping on my air hose, Stepping maybe? on your air hose. That's a love and respect reference there. Yeah. But but you can if you say something to somebody and they're a words of affirmation person and what you said came across negative to them, you're going to see them deflate. Yeah. You can actually watch it. It's almost visible. Mm-hmm. But if you've been affirming of them, that the, the opposite can also be true because you can very quickly recover that. You know, I needed to be honest with you about this, but I know that... You're you are a great employee or you will take this to heart and we will learn through this together again, just affirming them and saying, you know what? Okay, I had to correct you, but it's because I care. And if you've set a consistent um, pattern with them, they're going to take that and they're going to learn from. We talked about words of affirmation, which is very important to both of us. And honestly, that is often one of the most the highest ones for people. Yes, and I think it's because in our culture, we have a hard time telling other people how wonderful they are. I think we we all crave that because we're not getting that affirmation as much as we need. Yeah, boy, I could use some more words of affirmation. That's why we'd love you to send us an email. Jim at IWorkForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com. We'd love to get your perspective on what you think. And we'd just love to hear from you, Jim or Martha at IWorkForHim.com. Okay, so gifts. We've got a good friend who loves to give gifts. I'm guessing that her... Love language is gifts. Yes, you're probably because right. Because she loves to give gifts. She loves to give Mountain Dew. She loves to give M&Ms. She doesn't we're know what we're so talking thankful. about today. Yes, we are. We're very thankful for our good friend, Lynn, <laughs> who loves to give us gifts. All right, so uh, tangible gifts. People with this love language express their feelings and appreciation through giving and receiving gifts. In the workplace, this could be a dinner card to, a show, to show appreciation or tickets to a sporting event. That's if they like. Sports. Sure. I'm more about the Monster Jam, Raymond James Stadium. You know, I'm more of that. <laughs> All right, when a team member does a good job, it's better to give them tickets than praise when they have this love language. Talk to me about gifts. You've got friends with, with gifts as a love language. I do. And one of the things I want to address just in the workplace is most people would think, well, if they're getting a paycheck, then we shouldn't even need to deal with this topic. But 
We work for it. <laughs> it's so true. Had you thought about that before? I'm already paying you. Right. What else do you want for crying out loud? But that's, you know, it kind of goes with the, the story of the, the parable of the talents in the Bible and the fact that, you know, they were hired for what was agreed upon. And th- we're talking about above and beyond to just show them appreciation. Yes, you appreciate them. And if they did the work, you pay them. But this is showing that you appreciate their efforts and their livelihood. What's really important in this one is that you you find out what's important to these people. It is if you don't know what's really important to these people, it means you're not spending enough time with your employee or just not paying attention. You're so or both, yeah. right? Because you, I mean, usually they've got their favorite sports team plastered in their cubicle, uh, and why haven't used that line called to your cubicle? I haven't used that in a while. I'll have to do that more often. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you, you should find out. And if you don't know, ask their friends. Yes. Or if you've got access to their spouse, ask their spouse. Uh, but but just you should be paying attention and make notes when they mention stuff. If you're having lunch with your people, that's a great way to find out what's important to them. So tangible gifts. And keep in mind here, time off from work or leaving work early are not legitimate gifts of appreciation. They're just not. Hmm. That's interesting. No, because giving time off from work and being allowed to leave work early, it just don't, they don't, people like something tangible. That's an intangible. Okay. Okay. All right. So next one, quality time. Quality time. And we talked about that a little bit with me me and my employees and making sure I spend time with them. But also, I just thought of this, you know, if they have a lunchroom or a break room, go and spend five minutes with them. Show that you can stop and invest in them as well. And that's one thing that I think managers, owners, uh, supervisors really, really, really miss is they miss that opportunity to spend uncontrolled time with their people Mm -hmm. and lunch the lunchroom is a powerful place to find out what's going on in their lives so you can pray for them so you can find out what's hurting them uh, what's going on in their lives outside of work so you can just be more appreciative yes and if you aren't spending that time with them then you don't know you you may be shocked when you find out something happened at home that was happening over a series of time, and you just didn't know because you didn't take the time to invest in it. All right, so quality time can look like this in the workplace. It can be a quality conversation, just sitting down uninterrupted. And when you go to have quality time with your with your employees, leave your cell phone in mm. your office. Good Don't, point. You know, when, quality time is not counted if you're looking at your cell phone. It's not quality. Honey, put your phone down. We're There's in the no... studio. Put your phone down. We're in the studio. Come on. <laughs> my phone is not in my hands. <laughs> okay. So it, quality conversation, not interrupted by stupid things like your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, if you're trying to have a quality time conversation with anybody, just skip it across the water. I mean, just get rid of I mean, cell phones are so rude, period. How do you feel, honey? I feel like a soapbox is building and I'm going to get <laughs> off it. So let's talk about the next one. All right. Shared experiences, working near other coworkers, people, you sending people, putting people together on a, on a team and working together towards a common goal. Mm. That is a great quality time thing for people. That's traveling good sometimes is good, but you also have to keep this very appropriate. If you're traveling with people. You, quality time is not quality time. If you're traveling with somebody of the opposite sex and you're spending quality time with them, that's just called dangerous. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a boss and employee having quality time that is protected quality time where you're you're doing the appropriate things. All right. Working near other coworkers. If you've got somebody that's a quality time person and they're across the country from you and they tell you that they're a quality time person, you should spend time with them. If they say, hey, would you just talk to me in a, a minute a day? You, you should talk to them a minute of the day because they just need to know that you love them. 
Mm-hmm. That's a really key one there. And even if you could, you know, schedule it, put it on your calendar. I'm going to make sure I touch base with that person because they need that. They don't want to feel like they're on an island. Right. And if you've got a bunch of people in an office and some of our offices today are full of a lot less people today than they used to be because mm-hmm. of the, the great recession that seems to never end. You know, put all of the people together in one place so they can feed off of each other. All right. Enough on quality time because we're going to run out of quality time we here are. on the show. All right. So what's the what is the fourth one? Acts of service and acts of service is, you know, one of those, one of the ways I implement this is maybe I know that one of my um, employees has more on their plate than they can get done in their day, but it really needs to get done. And to show them that I care about them, I might just come alongside them and say, Hey, how can we get this done together? How can I come alongside you to help you with your job? Now that doesn't mean bailing them out. There's a big difference between the two, but actually just being selfless and saying, you know what, I'm going to take a half hour and help you get a, a jump on this project. But how's that different than quality time? Because to me, I would interpret that as quality time. Because when you come alongside me... That's okay, because that is your language of appreciation. So at least I'm speaking it. But an act of service, doing something for them that maybe they needed to do for themselves but didn't have the time to get done. You know, simple thing may be just... Um, closing up the store at the end of the night when it's somebody else's responsibility saying, you know, I'm going to jump in so you can, we can get this done faster. But this is not an enabling behavior. No, Very important that was, you don't create yeah. an enabling behavior. If somebody's not getting their job done, that's different. then you shouldn't be doing it for them. Correct. That's what a performance improvement plan is. That's another show. <laughs> All right. So uh, before helping someone, ask them if they'd like your help. That would minister to them. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, when helping someone, do it cheerfully with a positive attitude. You know, I had a boss back in the late 80s. I was working for a landscaping company, and I don't know how we knew this, but at the end of the day, there was always sod to be laid. Now, in Minnesota, sod is laid out three feet long by a foot and a half long pieces, and you can lay At the end of the day, there was always a truckload of sod still left to be done. And he'd grab everybody in the office, well, all the men, I guess, in the office, and he'd say, come on, we're going to go lay some sod. And we'd all grab our clothes, uh, our dirty clothes, and we'd go out and lay sod as a team and get it all done so everybody would go home for the day. Mm-hmm. And he was feeding into the quality time, words of affirmation, because he's out there yucking it up with the people. And here's a guy hmm. making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and he was throwing sod down. And at the same time, he was asking a bunch of people to do something that's not necessarily in their job description, but you, he turned it into a good Yeah, I was salary. He was totally taking advantage of me. I was salary. Everybody <laughs> else was on experience, hour. though. But, that's but, great. Uh, but I did wreck quite a few pairs of jeans. I don't even, I don't even remember, but do you remember how dirty my jeans oh, were after that? Oh, yeah. Because the oh, black yeah. dirt in Minnesota. Wow, it was it incredible. Was beautiful. When you help somebody with a task, here's something really important. When you're doing an act of service for somebody, and when you help somebody with a task, do it their way. It is not an act of service if you go to help somebody and you do it your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that <laughs> for, can have a lot a, of negative. I can just let me just give you an example of this at home. When okay. I'm doing acts of service for Martha, <laughs> did you know when you fold laundry, there are six different ways you can fold <laughs> a towel? Actually, I think it's only I've only identified four. And Martha at has a very specific home. way of folding the towels. My mother didn't care how I folded the towels, just so I folded the <laughs> towels. Martha cares how they're folded. And, and, and so one day I got really frustrated with this and I developed a new way to fold towels for a corner cabinet. Yeah. I folded them in a triangle. But we don't put towels in a corner cabinet. The only reason, just a disclaimer out there, the only reason we fold more than one way is there's different size cupboards in the home. So it has to fit in the there's cupboard the that that towel, towel goes into. The car towels, the beach towels, kitchen towels, and bathroom towels. But I'm a simple guy. I need things simply done. 
Yes. It was just, I'm just a But sim- you're, you're working on access as I a service. And, so, and I have. I have now learned to fold towels. <laughs> or you leave that load for me if you really need no, to. I don't no, ever, you don't. no, I no, don't ever do that. I don't ever do that. But that, in, in the workplace, we're not often um, doing towels, folding towels, but we are, yeah. we give people projects and sometimes the project needs to get done and we've just given somebody a, a, a task that's impossible to complete in the amount of time that they've been allotted. Yeah. But so we just need to help them out, but help them out in the way they want respect it. Respect how they're yeah. doing. Respect is a great word there. Yes. All right. So physical touch, that's a big deal uh, for people. And in the workplace, it is appropriate physical touch. Physical touch can be a big deal in a relationship. In the work environment, people with this love language need to be very very careful. You can express appreciation through a solid handshake, or maybe a double handshake. You hold their hand and you grab their arm, you know, the old mm-hmm. style. Uh, a pat on the back. Obviously, in your relationships that are outside of the workplace, you know, there are other physical touches that can be more appropriate and powerful, like a hug or, or a kiss or something like that, but it's not necessarily appropriate in the workplace. Yeah, you just don't want it to be misinterpreted. But if you, again, have a good relationship with those around you and you've been very consistent in your walk with Christ, then when when you extend that pat on the shoulder or that side hug or whatever it might be that you're showing to that employee, they're going to know your true intentions. But you just don't want to lead anybody astray or confuse them in any way. So it's just important to be thinking of that. But don't withhold it completely because you're so afraid of being um, misinterpreted because those people really need to know that you care. And I have learned one of the things that I have done is just that pat on the shoulder to say, you know what? And to keep it there for a second, just that, you know what? You're doing a great job making sure they paid attention to the fact that I'm standing there and I'm paying attention to them probably does a little quality time at the same time. It does a lot of other things as well, but for that person, it's going to speak. I am appreciated. I am cared for here. And for more information about the five languages of appreciation, really five love languages, go out to their website, five love And no, we're not getting paid for referring them. It's the most powerful tool in relationships out there. If you know the love language of the person you're dealing with, you have a 98.57% better chance of succeeding in that relationship. It might be 99%. You just made that I up. totally made <laughs> the majority of statistics are made up, and that one was completely made up, but it's so powerful. All right, so the five languages of appreciation, words of affirmation, tangible gifts, quality time, acts of service, and appropriate physical. You know, Martha, one of the things we forgot to mention, and, and this is written by Dr. Gary Chapman, and they can find out all kinds of things about this on the web, yes. but five language, fivelovelanguages.com mm-hmm. is also a great website. Dr. Gary Chapman did a great job. He's done a great job fitting this all in, but one of the things that's really important to note is that this can change over time. You, the People's yeah. language of appreciation can definitely change. Yes, it can. Um, when people, as they mature or as they change or their life situation changes, um, that can slowly shift in other directions. And we see that especially, we joke about that with women that are moms, that uh, they have a, they do not have a physical touch love language at the beginning Um Maybe when their kids are little because they just get hugged on all the time by their babies and stuff like that. So that can change over time. So it is important to every once in a while retest it. And, you know, I just wanted to say one thing, too, is that this is a great thing to do as a staff meeting where you bring in your employees and say, you know what, we're going to learn this about each other, make a chart, put it on this 
staff wall in your break room or whatever you have where people clock in so that they can um, remember what each other's love languages are. Yeah, it's been a great conversation about the love languages, and I'm so excited that we got a chance to actually talk about it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really find out more information on the web at 5 Love Language. In order for us to take this city for Christ in this epic battle for the souls of our co-workers and employees, we need to be praying for them each and every day by name. We need to be purposeful in our actions to them each and every day by befriending them at every turn. We need to be intentional in looking for ways to serve them. Our Savior and our Lord needs you and me to be the best employee around so that the people will be asking why. Remember, you may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. You and me, we need to get prepared for this battle. Go out to iWorkForHim.com and join the iWorkForHim nation tonight. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.